Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And today we're going to talk about how to tell if your cats are just playing really roughly or fighting, having an aggressive encounter. But before we jump into that, and and before I read what our listener sent as the suggestion for this topic, say hi to my handsome husband and co-host, Dewey Vaughn. Hey, everyone. Hello to all those people out there in the great big cat world. And to my beautiful love, I say hello. So, topic, playing or fighting. You know, you do see that quite often and you see what looks to be like playing and the next thing you know, it converts into fighting and it gets really serious. And sometimes you see fighting that maybe turning into playing, but what I know, I always kind of just measure it on whether one has the boxing gloves on or not. So. <laughs> or how much blood there is. Yeah, right? or hair and fur everywhere. <laughs> Who's running and who's not? So how does this work? <laughs> well, before we jump into all that, let me let me read what our listener sent to me. Um, Xavier sent this in. He says, I was hoping you could touch on how to tell whether or not your cats are playing or actually being aggressive. I'm currently in the process of introducing a new kitten to the home. My resident cat is five months old and the new cat is four months old. And the overt aggression has subsided, like the hissing and growling that happened when I first brought the kitten home. But my resident cat still will stalk and block the new kitten wherever it goes and will also swat at him as well. So that's uh, that's what we want to address today. Xavier has a has a good question and an interesting situation. So let's dive into that. Okay, so Xavier is saying he's introducing two kittens. That automatically tells me they're they're playful. <laughs> I mean, I would think, <laughs> you know, I don't know how two kittens would be fighting, but I'm assuming that, you know, theirs would be, maybe it's fight and then it's play and back and forth. It seems like they would most likely be playing since they're, like I said, just kittens, right? Well, those ages, you know, the four and five months, you remember how Pico was at that time. He was... <laughs> really rough and pico's right here with us you probably hear his tags jingling in the background he's he's doing a little play fighting with his toy right now and so kittens at that age they're really they're they're really kind of rough they're rough on us if you don't have another kitten for them to play with that's why people say if you adopt a kitten you should really get them in pairs so that they have somebody to to play with but depending on how you introduce them You know, the statistic is that 73% of newly introduced cats fight, which is why that whole introduction process is is so detailed out and has to be done right and has to be done slowly because cats also have a really long memory. So if they get off on a wrong foot like that and they do a lot of fighting and it is fighting and not just playing, then they're going to anchor those feelings 
about that cat to the other and they might never be close buddies. So it's really important that you get that introductions off on the right foot. You don't ever want to just take a cat home and go, well, let's just see what happens and throw them together. Now I've got a great webinar that's on YouTube that goes into extensive detail about that introduction, uh, introduction process. So go there and find our channel and subscribe to our channel on YouTube too while you're there. And uh, you might find some extra resources. So I would imagine having cats that are similar in ages kind of cuts down on some of the fights, right? Because I mean, if you got two kittens, maybe you get two cats that are a year old, you know, maybe you get two old cats that don't even want to fight and just they want to lay down in different places. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's definitely a lot of things there, and it is so individual to the cats. You know, a cat's early kittenhood and early lifetime has a lot to do with how it's going to accept being around other cats. There's just so many things that go on, you know, it's history with other cats. Maybe this, you know, you adopt a cat that's had a really bad time with another cat and then it's going to feel bad about all cats. So there's a lot, I mean, different ages are more difficult. I see a lot of people that'll have, you know, a seven-year-old cat adopting a new four-month-old kitten and that's that's a recipe for disaster there because that four-month-old kitten's going to really want to play and be high energy and your seven-year-old cat is at that age where you know they're ready for some downtime and they really don't want to play roughly all the time like the kittens do and then there's different just different energy levels that are sometimes you know the same age cat let's say you have a two-year-old cat sometimes some cats are just more playful than others. And some cats like roughhousing and some cats find it very scary. And then there's different play styles. You know, the, the cats learn to play differently depending on whether they grew up with siblings or not and just a whole lot of things. So, you know, they are very much individuals. You know, they say that a cat, a male cat in particular, after about three years old, their desire to roughhouse declines. So you definitely can see, you know, decreasing desire to roughhouse play and probably fight after about three years old. So what are some of the body postures that might indicate they're playing vicious or various fighting postures or Maybe they're doing, one's doing ninja and the other one's doing karate and <laughs> taekwondo. And how do you know all those are in play? Well, to, to determine whether it's playing or fighting, body language does play a huge role in that. Sounds is, is crucial. And, and I got to tell you too, it is really difficult to tell if two cats are playing versus fighting. So, you know, there, this isn't, black and white, you know, hard and fast, you go, well, I thought they were playing, but then one of them yowled and now they must be fighting. You know, it's cats have different play styles, but rule of thumb is that if they're not making sounds, if they're playing quietly, then it's probably play. If they're hissing or growling, that's probably not play. That's probably more defensive or fighting. 
you also want to watch for pilo erection. That's, you know, like Halloween cat, their hair stands on end, their hair down the, their back and, you know, that kind of thing, or their tail bottle brushes up. Although C. Picos does that when he gets startled or excited about something. So, you know, I, but I've never seen him do it while he's playing with another cat, you know, to, again, those things are just rule of thumb sounds being really important and, and hair raises also being a good indicator. You know, so you didn't mention the ears and I've heard you talk about that in other podcasts. And, you know, I think that's something important because you're, you're always telling people to watch for signs on the cats. So uh, are they as important as a communication indicator for cats? Yeah. Yeah. And they say that, and again, I, I, you know, I don't see this as much as, you know, a lot of the other behaviorists say, but the, they say that when cats ears are back, you know, held straight back, that indicates they're fighting and no longer playing. But I've seen young cats play roughly and they're very clearly playing and not fighting and their ears will be back or out to the side. So again, not a, not a super huge rule of thumb, but like all body language in cats, as you begin to stack these things on top of one another, like there's noises, there's growling, the ears are back, the hair is raised down the back. Well, now you're starting to get several things that are looking like fighting. But if it's just one thing, then, you know, maybe watch a little more before you try to intervene. Yeah, because you sure don't want to get involved if it's fighting, for gosh sakes. <laughs> Golly, cats can be like buzz sauce. They are so freaking fast. And those claws come out and the teeth come out. And oh my gosh, they go crazy. So don't get involved in that. Really try to determine whether or not it is playing or fighting. But what about activity? Is it different in playing versus fighting? So yeah, this is probably a, a really good indicator. You want to make sure that the in, that the activity between the cats is balanced, that there's equality in the way that they're that they're back and forth and dominating. You know, they're taking turns being the ambusher and the instigator, you know, not not one of them is always the aggressor and one of them isn't always the victim. You know, there should be equal time on their backs. You know, cats will will get on their back and put their feet up in the air. And, and that's an important posture. And so you should see them taking turns doing that. You know, if you have one cat that's always the ambusher, then that should be a yellow flag to kind of dig a little deeper and see what's going on. So one could be a black belt and one can be a white belt, you just got to make sure they switch belts. <laughs> right, right. During each episode. Either changing clothes. <laughs> and, <right. laughs> Get them little karate suits. And that way you know which one had more time on the floor. <laughs> so it shifts uh, during active sessions with one cat being more aggressive and one being more passive. Why is that? Well, it... it it does. It, it has to shift during their little play sessions or hopefully it's play. Let's assume it's play. But, you know, then they can be playing one minute 
And then one cat starts to feel really threatened and becomes very aggressive. So you really got to watch that too. It's, it's not just shifting roles of ambusher versus victim, but it, it's also, you got to really watch close for it to shift from play to fighting. Cause it, once they get ramped up, it's playing, everything's fine. And then somebody decides, okay, I don't want to do this anymore and starts getting irate about it. And then it becomes a fight. You know, I guess let's talk about the biting piece because, you know, they do bite as part of their natural, I mean, that's part of their weaponry, but I guess, you know, the bites aren't nearly as hard or in the right spots or whatever. Is that a sign of aggression or is it just normal for playing? Well, it's normal for them to bite while they're playing roughly. You know, that's that's normal. Don't be alarmed if you see them biting each other. But if they start biting each other too hard, you know, if they bite really hard and one cat shrieks out in pain, you know, or again, hair starts to stand or ears go back, that could be the tipping point between where it's shifting from playing into fighting. So yeah, fighting is okay. Don't be alarmed as long as they're not drawing blood, injuring each other, and it's not too hard. Well, so now we got to talk about one of those things that happens all the time, regardless of whether they're fighting, playing, or whatever. What about staring at each other? <laughs> <laughs> Cats stare no matter what. <laughs> yeah, it is. Staring is definitely the way that cats engage one another in a confrontation. So if one cat is being confrontational, they'll lock gaze and they don't blink. They might keep their head a little lower, kind of down at their shoulder level, and will stare and then begin to move over towards the other cat. Staring is a very, um, very important, you know, antecedent to rough play and or maybe a, a fight. And, and then, <coughs> excuse me, and then also their body position. You know, you want to make sure that their body position, that their stance is more towards one another rather than recoiling away. And again, there's going to be some recoiling and pulling back in rough play always. But in general, that body stance should be leaning towards the other cat in more of a friendly, I want to engage type of position. You know, so cats always tend to kind of sometimes stalk each other. Um, maybe they, you know, are maybe just kind of beginning to stalk and play. Uh, but, you know, I guess, does it mean anything when they're stalking each other and then they pounce and then they tussle? I mean, that's, that kind of seems like it could be either or pretty quickly. How do you read into that? Yeah. And it is, it is absolutely, you know, like Xavier said, one of his cats stalks the other. Um, that's, that's all part of play. You know, it is, it is normal for them to stalk because that's just like it is when they hunt, you know, so they stalk and then they pounce and then they roll around on the floor usually. And as long as one cat can stop it, you know, think of it too, like, and, and, you know, when there's a safety button that says, okay, I'm done. As long as one cat can get away and move away from the other cat and the rough play stops, then it's not fighting. 
when one cat is no longer able to safely say, this is making me uncomfortable, I'm getting scared, don't roughhouse with me anymore, then it'll turn into defensive fighting. So, you know, yeah, stalking, pouncing, and tussling, to answer your question, that is all normal rough play behavior. But again, just keep a close eye on it so that it doesn't get too carried away. You know, Xavier mentioned one of his cats was uh, swatting. Is that a sign of play or fight? I mean, because it sounds like it could be either or. You know, they typically don't swat at each other, certainly not with claws out. Now, a lot of cats will use their paws, you know, like Pico, when he sees a dog, he puts his paw up in a warning gesture. He didn't have claws out. But he puts his paw up that says, if you do something sudden or something I don't like, I'm going to whack you across the nose. And he has been known to do that if a dog, you know, is is being rude to him. <laughs> but swatting is it can be playful for cats. Just make sure no claws are out at each other. What about chase playing? Yeah, chasing is is fun for them. They love chasing each other. That's all part of play. You know, as long as they're taking turns, again, you really, you know, the, the bottom line here is you want to see balance in what's going on. You don't want to see one cat always dominating the other cat. So as long as they're taking turns chasing, that's good. Are there other signs of playing versus fighting? Well, like I said, I guess the biggest one would be that you know, one cat can stop the fight. That's something you want to see. You want to watch their rough housing and you'll kind of see it end when one cat maybe puts a paw on the other one's head and holds him down. And so, you know, <laughs> that's enough, Charlie. Starts you know? beating on him. Boom, boom, <laughs> bam, bam. Boom. And yeah, and they might get a little rough Got him in a with headlong. him saying, you know, I'm done. Stop it. Leave me alone. And as long as the other cat respects that, then it usually diffuses and they stop playing. If they keep going, it turns into a fight. So watch closely how the rough play is ending. That's going to be telltale for you. So is the playing important for cats, you know, as they do? Should, should we be alarmed if your cats are roughhousing a lot? Uh, no, not at all. It's, it is absolutely normal. You know, cats like to simulate the hunting experience. They, they love to stalk and chase and pounce and, you know, kill bite. You know, they shouldn't be kill biting one another, of course, but biting is okay. You know, it's what they did as kittens. You know, if you have ever seen a litter of kittens play with each other, it's exactly what they do. Their little butts wiggle and they jump up in the air and they pounce on each other and they roll around like little roly polies. And so it's, you know, that's normal. It's very normal for them to do that. So. When it's fighting, I assume all of the opposite things, they growl, they hiss, and one is more of the aggressor than the other. They'll be biting hard. And so, so why do cats fight? I mean, it seems like we're talking about something very closely related, but, you know, it seems like it just kind of like kids. You know, when it, once it gets really serious, all of a sudden, then you know, okay, that turned into a fight. <laughs> yeah. And then you could just like with kids, you got to go, why are they fighting? You know, what, what is going on? Cats will tend to fight if their resources are scarce. They feel 
like they don't have enough resources to support all of the cats in the household, or they'll fight if they feel like their territory is being invaded. Um, they fight a whole lot more if they're not neutered or spayed. So if you're having problems with cats fighting, and that's the first thing you want to do is get them spayed and neutered. That'll cut down on most of it. Um, you know, food aggression is another time when they fight and that may happen if they feel insecure, they fight because they feel pain or they have some medical issue and maybe the other cat is just trying to play, but it hurts. And so then they get really rough to say, stop, that's hurting me, quit. You know, they say that, um, the oxytocin receptor gene contributes to a cat's general irritability. Now I've tried to do some research on that and I've not been able to answer this question, but you know, I think if that's the case, are we saying more oxytocin or less oxytocin? And is there something that we can do in a cat's diet or things like that to, you know, to make that gene more or less, you know, irritable to the cat? Yeah, well, that's going to be something you're going to have to research and tell us later at another time. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, can't, I, can't, I can't even make a comment going in that direction. But so let's ask this. If they are less likely to exhibit aggression when resources are more abundant and everybody's got plenty, uh, what can we do to stop fighting? Because you sure don't want to kind of get involved in that. We've seen that quite often in the past. You don't want to put your hand in there. You don't, you know, you don't want to, you know, definitely try to break them apart because you're going to get hurt. Yeah. So it's a, that's a long complex answer to that, but mostly you've got to multiply resources. Now resources to cats are litter boxes. Certainly you need to have one more litter box than numbers of cats. So Xavier, you need to have three litter boxes. And they need to be spread all the way out throughout the home because you mentioned that one of your resident cat blocks the new kitten wherever it goes. That's usually a sign of territory insecurity. They're trying to block the way to the litter box. They're blocking the way to the food bowl and things like that. So you've got to make them you know, abundant so that a, a cat can get to multiple ones without always being blocked. You need to make sure you've got multiple scratching surfaces, multiple bowls. And if you're seeing aggression between cats, feed them in separate spaces because you certainly don't want that food insecurity or food aggression to contribute to that. And make sure they got plenty of places to hide and a lot of vertical space to climb so they can get up and away from one another. And if you're gonna create vertical space, you know, like climbing posts up the wall that lead to a bed, which is an excellent idea. Your cats will love that. If you have multiple cats, make sure that there's two exit routes because you don't want one cat to chase another up there and then keep it pinned up there. That's, that's a really not a good thing at all. So make sure there's multiple escape routes down from your vertical spaces. Make sure there's plenty of beds in, you know, in sunny spots. Make sure there's lots of food puzzles and foraging opportunities and, you know, lots of mental stimulation. And absolutely, you know, if you don't pray play with your cat to burn off excess energy, 
then they're going to roughhouse with each other to get it out of their system. So make sure that you are prey playing at least daily with each cat. And it definitely shouldn't be a team sport. Like, especially with these young kittens, the dominant kitten will just dominate the prey play toy. And the other one's like, well, I'm just not going to bother to play because it's too much trouble. So you want to maybe put one kitten in a room, lock them away in the room, prey play with one, and then swap them out and prey play with the other. So burning off their excess energy so they don't feel the need to take it out on each other is very important. You know, I have to think, so you got to set up obstacle courses and push-up bars and pull-up <laughs> bars, because if it's going to be a real fight, you want them to have the best opportunity for, for challenging one another. I get it. I can do that, I think. <laughs> so if you decide it's fighting versus playing, at what point do you have to really intervene? And should you have a plan for that action? Yeah, if, if you have continual fighting between cats, then you need to step back and do a reintroduction. Now, cats that live together and have lived together for years can all of a sudden start fighting. You know, when they see other cats outside or if one cat has left the home and comes back smelling differently, they can start fighting because it's the unrecognition aggression. Um, so anytime you have that going on, a reintroduction is, is important. And again, you can go to YouTube, but reintroduction is much like an introduction. Sometimes you can shortcut some of the time and steps if the two cats have really gotten along well. And, you know, and they're, they're not horribly bad with one another, but separation, give them at least a timeout and a reintroduction is, is often needed. And when you intervene, you know, be careful. Like Dewey said, they're like little blenders. Don't stick your hand in the middle of a cat <laughs> fight. Get a towel and throw it over a cat so that, you know, they can't see and let one cat run away to defuse the fight. Don't ever try to reach down and pick one up or stick your leg in there or anything like that. It's going to come back bloody if you do. Wow. That's a lot of information. And I'm sure we can go even deeper and farther. That's a big Big topic, big conversations about how to determine all that stuff. So I'd like to invite our listeners to help support the work that Molly does. She provides these podcasts and other resources for free. She works many behavior cases free for low-income cat parents. And if you know some out there, you'll understand what she does. She does anything she can to keep these cats out of the shelters. So if you also care about cats, consider sending us a gratuity donation. It's super easy. Just go to the store at catbehaviorsolutions.com. Scroll down past the products to the very bottom. They've made it very easy. There's a donation amount down there. You can just add it to your cart. You're going to check out. Hey, don't check out. Pick up some toys for your cat while you're there. Oh, yeah. In fact, we're, that too. we're just now starting to carry these incredible wool cat caves. Oh, my gosh, they're awesome. And we've got the little wool heart-shaped cat toys. Valentine's Day is coming up. So check out that. Um, catnip bags. You know, a lot of toys have catnip in them, but usually it's just a little tiny bit of catnip and then a bunch of filler 
these catnip toys are just stuffed full of nothing but high quality catnip and silver vine. And that helps a cat, you know, take out some of that excess energy too. So get some of those free shipping for orders over $49. Also be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. And while you're at the site, check out my blog. I have a lot of interesting information there. This is an all-volunteer podcast and an all-volunteer nonprofit business. Cat Behavior Solutions is a nonprofit, and we are here to help you take better care of your cat and increase the bond between the two of you. And we're going to keep doing it as long as shelter shelter euthanasia euthanasia is the number number one cause of death in cats. cats. All right, that might have been the best one we've done yet on our synchronization there. (laughs) So until next time, keep calm and purr on. Goodbye, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 